Hey everyone, Frosty here. I finally started getting these shows uploaded to various podcast services again. Some of these episodes are a bit older than the day they became available on the service you are currently listening to it on, so please keep that in mind. One other quick note, these shows are now also sponsored by a wonderful company that provides two Japanese snack box options, Sakoriko and Tokyo Treat. They're both great options, but act a little bit differently. Tokyo Treat is solely focused on snacks that are the latest, most exclusive, and that are the limited edition or seasonal flavors of snacks you might enjoy now. So things like Sakura Pepsi and Japanese Sake Kit Kats. Also comes with ramen, drinks, and much, much more. Sakura is solely focused on supporting the local Japanese snack makers, which include traditional, authentic, and artisan snacks. They'll also come with Japanese teas and special items like tableware. If you have any interest in either service, please use the affiliate links in the description. Each sign-up supports what I do here with MogTalk, and it would be greatly appreciated. Just in case, the URLs are team.tokyotreat.com slash MogTalk or team.sakura.co slash MogTalk. Thanks, everyone, and enjoy the show. I have a special guest with me today, uh, Moose. If you guys have watched Mog Talk before, you guys would know Moose very well. He is an amazing person in the Final Fantasy XIV cre- uh, content. I don't know, content creation is the right word. <laughs> he- I try on occasion. Yeah, yeah, you try, like, you try. I'm more just like a presence. I'm just a vague presence. <laughs> yeah, just a presence out there. Uh Who's, you've come on the show, you've come on many podcasts, and you just talk about lore, you just love it. Uh, you've worked on the official lore book before and got punched by Koji on stage, so... Uh, <laughs> One of my very... favorite photos of all time. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, but no, I think that it's absolutely uh, amazing to still have you around here, be able to talk about stuff. I am a, a self-declared... But I don't have to be self-declared. The community would declare it idiot in regards to lore and story. I do my best. I enjoy it. Um, but uh, I don't have a good memory. I don't I don't remember a lot of things about the story. And so when you there's ha- are too having much, to... <laughs> yeah, There's too much to remember. If yeah. I mean, like, I can barely remember half of the lore. And I only talk about lore. You're doing out here. You're out, out here doing shows on everything. I do not expect you to keep up with 10 years of this. Thank you. You're way more considerate than YouTube comments. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I think what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do is start bringing you on. Uh, and we'll, we'll try, well, at least today you're on for sure. And we'll figure today out. Today for sure. Yeah, we'll figure out the future and everything else. But like, uh, ideally, I just want to talk about lore more often. I want to talk about this stuff. I want to get Sweet. a little bit more educated. I want to be excited about what we're seeing uh, you know, at EU FanFest, NA FanFest, uh, we get new information about 7.0, and I see it, and a lot of stuff looks like, wow, that, that looks kind of cool, but I have literally zero context. I see, you know, the crowd screams when, uh, you know, cat guy uh, <laughs> eats a taco. <laughs> I wonder, sorry, I, I was trying to trigger, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> when crowds eats the taco uh, in the trailer. Uh, but I don't really know a lot about what's going on, and it's 
harder for me to be excited about some stuff that's happening. After EU Fan Fest and after the NA Fan Fest, even, I'm a, I'm guessing maybe you maybe even recently took a look through some of that stuff and you feel uh, like there could be some stuff worth talking about with what they're presenting that maybe we're not Pro talking probably. about. Probably, I would okay. say. I would say like ha half and half of what you were just talking about. So um, sure. have I like combed through and tried to like correlate all of our information and see what we're doing yet? Uh, halfway, I would say probably 75% of the actual data correlation I've done was in the one day since you asked me if I would be free <laughs> today. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um, but yeah, I think we can make some sense of it. I think we can get excited about it. Um, the good news is that I don't think you're going to need a lot of past information to make sense of the new information. I think we're starting over on a lot of fronts. So there's uh, lots of these conversations we've had in the past over the decade of lore conversations we've had on the show. Uh, a lot of it talks about going to this island of like, was it Maricidia? Right. Yeah. Uh, and talking yep. about going to the 13th was another thing, which we kind of went through that recently. Yep. All right. Um, but you're saying that this this whole stuff it is seems like a fresh start overall story and lore lore wise. Mostly, I would okay. say. I'd say we're if we're going to be using anything from the past, I think it's going to be like old myths that we've heard but have not addressed about the new world. Uh, okay. Maybe some connections about like how the new world connects to other places we've heard of. But I don't think we're going to be continuing any meaningful storyline. And to answer okay. a question from the chat, no, mm -hmm. the, the new major city is not the uh, fabled city of gold. We're actually going to be seeking the fabled city from the major city. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, <so> the goal <laughs> is to find the city of gold. That's the goal? Possibly. Possibly. Kind of. Maybe. I don't know. Like... <laughs> I, I'm right now I'm taking the slides for granted, but I want to remind you that there was once a slide for Shadowbringers that said it's time once and for all to take down the Garlean Empire. So like take <laughs> the slides with a grain of salt. Like I'm going to be I could be wrong in a couple months. You, you know what's funny? Who took down the Garlean Empire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that slide was just like a that that was like the execute order 66 for Xenos. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It was, we, we did, we had a very little to do with the destruction of, uh, I Garly Probably Empire. for the best. Yeah. Probably for the best. Uh, that, that was actually pretty funny. Not a, Cause I remember that very clearly too. Uh, and I guess, are, are we just done with the Garlean Empire? They're going to rebuild. Maybe we'll go have a housing district after they rebuild over there or something. I'm very so my my thing right now is I see like five or six plot lines in motion that actually are extending from 6.0 into 7.0. Okay. But it doesn't feel like they're any of the main ones yet. It feels like they're all side content that's going to manifest somewhere. Okay. And then there's a possibility there's a possibility that one's just going to sucker punch us in Tokyo and be a a major one and we just don't know yet. Cuz I mean that's what they like to do, right? That last trailer has one thing that's just like by the way, here's a whole half of what's going on that we didn't even hint at yet. True, true. What well, I'm trying so to remember I'm trying to remember in Walker. Uh well, I mean they literally just said the moon. The moon was like the highlight of their trailers yeah. from the get-go. Uh what I'm trying to remember exactly what else with that trailer. It's been a long time now that I think about it. 
but you're right. Yeah, they going back and watching them in ahead. order is weird. The the big one for me was Stormblood, where we had all of the all amigo build up, and then all of a sudden the whole like the clouds just blow off the other half of the map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, no, not you. Yeah, <laughs> they're like samurai. Uh, man. Endwalker, if I remember right, we talked about um, Thavnir and Labyrinthos. And then towards the end, they were like, by the way, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moon. Gosh. And I felt I felt like they were kind of tricking us into thinking, you know, they, they talk about that so late. They highlight that so late. We see the ancient architecture and we think, oh, that must be the end with the Zodiac. And then he's, you know, spoilers, spoilers, dead mm -hmm. by level 83. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that that was so weird. Uh going in and seeing the big threat being this real like we actually I think we had some conversations about the big threat in Endwalker too, right? Yeah. We had some of those conversations. Yeah. We're like, who is this? Is this Zeno's mom or something? Uh I was so glad it wasn't I was wasn't what we feared. Endwalker was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Some rocky a little bit of rocky road in the middle. You know, they did the best they could with what they had, but like Mm -hmm. I'm glad they didn't go some of the routes I was afraid of. Okay, okay. Well, the the crazy thing with that is we're all in the boat for the City of Gold, and you're thinking there's some kind of complete left turn or some kind of crazy thing that's just going to come out of nowhere. Uh, potentially, and it's... Okay. Potentially, and it's based on a couple of hints we got. All right. But haven't explored explored it all yet lay it out for um, me what's those <laughs> lay it out for you yeah do you want me to just lay out for you like er everything i think we're we're going through yeah. so far yeah let's do it all right all right <laughs> um i'm gonna lay out all what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna like touch on all of the hints we have so far and i'm sure. going to put them in kind of an order that makes sense to me and I'm not going to say, this is what's going to happen. This is my theory as to what the plot's going to be. I could be totally wrong. I have just been given a pile of Legos and I've built what I think the set is for. I have no manual. Okay. Um, <laughs> good. That's a good analogy. <laughs> so they've, they've laid out for us that we're going to be drawn into a contest. Someone is seeking our aid. Um, mm. And they're, they're actually trying to pick up Scions as well. And they, they warned us that the Scions are going to be divided. So I think that's kind of where this is coming from, is that we're all being contacted, but not necessarily by the same person. Mm. I have I have joked that it would be very funny if Galul Jaja, the, the leader of, of Tural there, uh, one of his heads contacted each group. <laughs> that's my running joke right now. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, we could just have two two cat boys trying to contact us right it could be, just... <laughs> it could be anything right but we know we know that it's it's something to do with the all right so the 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 legs the legs that that we just met in the last patch yeah, yeah. they tried they tried to dap mine who who the legs belong to and it was literally just a model of a pair <laughs> yeah, of legs that was, per that was perfect yeah so the legs the legs are gonna be part of our in Mm -hmm. And we're being dragged into a what's called a rite of succession. So the new major city we're going to, uh, Tuli Yalal, I think is how you pronounce it, mm -hmm. um, is kind of like the seat of government for Tural, allegedly. Okay. Um, I don't know how Mamuk fits into all of this, or if we're going to find Mamuk, like the Mamulja Empire, because it's been mentioned before. But let's, I'm going to write that whole word off for now. We'll stick to just. Sounds crazy fest. to me. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead. I, like, so we're going to be drawing. Name, just to be clear, you say that name and like it doesn't mean almost anything. It's just like rattling in my. People watching the show. 100%. It was like a. It was like a um, Final Fantasy XI reference in the in the uh, chocobo food. <laughs> oh, okay. So if you look up if you look up the chocobo food like the mamuk pear, you'll see some weird references to the new world that may or may not still be true. But anyway, we we're drawn into a right of succession okay, for okay. what's going on over there, mm -hmm. and it seems like the right of succession is going to be a contest of some kind that that leads to the gates of a mythical golden city. Okay. Okay. That's what it. That's what it seems like to me right now. Is that the contest itself is going to be two groups of scions are contacted, they're divided, and they're each put on a path to aid a right of succession uh, towards this contest for maybe the Golden City. And that'll be done by level eighty-three. Maybe done by <laughs> level eighty-three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Uh... I mean, like I'm looking at the. I'm. I'm looking at the. Um, I'm looking at the the areas and maybe like level 85 maybe okay but we did get to the moon pretty early so yeah we got to the moon really early but the way they did the zones uh they made us go back to pretty much every single zone after we were mm. like we we went it's like we did a loop we went through all the zones and we went back and did them all again and then we had our last zone uh, basically, right? I think we'll probably do that again. Like, if you look at the zones, you can see that they're all kind of divided into two areas. Um, mm -hmm. 90s, the by the way, not 80s. 90s, yeah. 93, 90, yeah. Um, like, um, Kozamauka, one of the new areas, the Mesoamerican mm -hmm. Mordona, with all the cliffs and waterfalls and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, I could see us doing the lower and then the higher. And then, yeah, that makes sense. Get flying, get like, to go up higher. Yeah, Shalonai, the the Arizona logging's really in place. I could see us doing like the the train town and then the big secret area up in the. So yeah, mm. I could see them doing the same thing, for sure. Okay, okay. I mean, it's it's an easy format to you know get you acquainted with the zone, then excited to explore more of it, but go on to another zone and come back and get to explore all. But yeah, it's it's a good system. Uh, Not wear out. It's welcome. Mm, yeah absolutely uh so i mean it'll probably have exactly the same amount of zones right they're not gonna have uh six six zones works fine Maybe. eight nine Maybe. ten so, so far the math lines up so far the math lines up what okay. have they done so far we've got two cities or mm -hmm. one city and a hub right. um and then we've got five areas that we know about going in mm-hmm and then we have one area that we know nothing about until we get there. And so far, I have counted one major city, five zones, and we're on track. But they could blow that up in Tokyo. Yeah. Easy. I, yeah. Uh, they're also going to... I, I hope, I hope they throw in some up references. Movie up with the Peru and the waterfalls and everything else. I feel like they could make it happen. Uh, so we'll see. I assume we'll see a house with some balloons sitting on like a, a, a cliff somewhere. <laughs> I'm guessing. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. I could be reaching a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Um, okay. All right. So with that information, there's there's some significant things they put out there. Uh, at least panel slides and everything. I do want to talk about the the new threat 
the Annihilator. That's right. what it's called, I think. Uh, Eliminator? Elimin is it Eliminator or Annihilator? I can't remember. Maybe. It's like you, you're just, Maybe. is it Eliminator? You're destroying something. I don't know. Okay. Let me go look at my concept art folder. We're being told I, Eliminator. I'm only good. I'm only good at lore off the top of my head after I've read it 200 times. So the closer <laughs> we get to the present day, the more I need a guide. More I need there. to look it up. Okay, it is. I, we're getting Eliminator. Okay, let's eliminator. go with it. Okay, so so is that is that the one that's on your mind? It's on my uh, mind because it's pretty straightforward with what that the the purpose of that threat's supposed to be. Um. Yeah, I heard some jokes about it possibly being uh, Alexandra, Alexandra, <laughs> instead of Alexander. I think Happy. Alejandro. That. Yeah, and then uh, you know, there's the tribe, the mob, moblins, right? Yeah. Do you think that it's just going to be carbon copy paste of Alexander and the goblins? I personally I don't but I think it would be okay. very funny if it was so I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset at all I'd be all for it okay um okay. I've got my own I've got my own weird little theory about that one what is it what is it all right yeah. I'll, I'll lay out I'll lay out the foundation so I don't sound too crazy okay there are four areas that we know of officially so there's four that we know the names of mm -hmm. and we've got Yachtel, which is one of the ones, or maybe Tel, maybe you're supposed to like uh, in the middle there. And um, that mm. looks like kind of your basic starter jungle, uh, beach, cenotes area. Mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Urcopacho, which is like your mountain plains, your cactuses. You got like the big blue thing in the background. And that's where the Pelopelo live. And then mm -hmm. you got Shal uh Shaloani, I, I, if I'm pronouncing it right, I don't know. It's like the Arizona logging and cerulean zone. Mm. And then uh, Kozamauka, which is our what I've been calling Mesoamerican Mordona with all the cliffs and the waterfalls. And none of those look too crazy. None of those look too wild. Uh, Arizona's got a big secret up in the sky that we haven't seen yet. But most of those look like our journey of exploration. But if you go to this other slide where... Where Which one? It, it's a collage. Uh, I'll see if I can find it for you. Yeah, yeah. You'd just... have to watch the whole. You'd have to watch the whole fan fest again to catch it because it's just in my screenshots folder here. Look, I I am in the this press website right now. I can pull up stuff they put on there, <laughs> but I don't have. There's a there's a slide where there's a collage of different um different arts. Okay. So it's a bunch of different screenshots and, and concept arts and stuff. And it says, theme, a journey of discovery. What does the contest entail? What awaits in Tural? What is the truth of the city of gold? And if you look at the bottom left, mm -hmm. there is there is something that could be a, a dungeon or it could be an area. All right, you got you got to show me. You got yeah, I need a picture. <laughs> How do I show it? Hold on, let me just yeah, let snip me, it. Let me Windows it snip it. it throw it, it. Throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might have to save it too. Nah, I could just use the Windows snip shortcut. Oh, okay. All right. Bam. All right. So let me let me grab this. Open in browser. Oh, this is 
high resolution too. All right. Uh, and let me uh, <laughs> see if I can throw it on screen, guys. Give me a second. I got it. It's coming. Uh, hold on. You guys don't need this picture, I don't think. So let me let me turn that one off. Uh, maybe we put that one up if you guys really looking. want it. There was there was another there was another one that might hint that way. Yeah. Here, hold on. Let me throw <laughs> this one at you too. These these could be related. They could be not. We'll see. Uh, all right, this one. All right, I think I got it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I want you to take a look at like the color palettes here. So here's here's one of our new dungeons too. So this is this is one one image you're you're showing me. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one. So here's here's another one. It's hidden in the new the new dungeons thing. Alright, and then image two. And then I'm gonna give you one more. Oh my gosh, you make me put so many images up. I'm sorry. Gosh, this is a mistake. We'll bring oh, it okay. well, I'm gonna bring it all together to answer your question though. Okay, alright. So this there's two there's two opportunities here is um either there's going to be a zone that has this aesthetic or it's just entirely hidden in the upper area of of like Urkopasha or uh Shalowani. Okay. All right. I got them all so, on screen. <laughs> you got them all? What 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 color what colors you seeing in there? Purple and blue and darkness. And if you there's Gray. one more. So there's like a lot of purple. There's like a purple, blue, pink, and black. Okay. All so right. if you look at our, if you look at our, if you look at our eliminator, we got a lot of purple and black, but we got like a lot of, a lot of weird mm. like, kind of, uh, baleen whale shape, whale teeth shape things. Okay. And we okay. got a couple circles, and if you look right above the AT and what, we got a big golden circle door, maybe. All right, hold on. Uh, are you, the so pyramid. the eliminator too. Hold on. So I look at the. Yep. That's four images I have to put on screen. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up. We got it. We're doing this, guys, got live. It? You got All it. Right. All right. I got eliminator here. Yep. Uh, and then I have this little city here. I have the dungeon slide there, and then we have the little city thing here. I'm just gonna cover my face up. It'll yep. be fine. All right. So this could just all like this could easily be you go into the mountains of one of the four areas we know about. This is a dungeon. You go into the dungeon. It's over. Like maybe mm -hmm. maybe there isn't going to be any overarching Alagon flavor to the hidden empire that's here. But when we talk about like the fabled city of gold and an ancient fallen empire in the same place. I'm like, nah, those are probably related. <laughs> and then they show off an enemy, an enemy that looks like this. Now, if you notice, um, the one where it's actually like a, clearly a screenshot of the inside of the dungeon, uh -huh. I feel like a lot of the, sh I feel like a lot of the shapes there are reminiscent of what we're seeing in, in the eliminator. So I this think those are going to be related, but again, one, I could be wrong. The, the last one you sent me, um yes so if you look at the walls they've mm -hmm. like the armor on the walls has that same weird like very long plate mm. that's kind of filed into everything and i've noticed that they tend to like use a lot of very similar shapes when they're building themes of of designs if they're created mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay okay 
And uh, that's just that's just where my my theory is at right now is that the the ancient empire that's been brought up, the ancient city of gold that's been brought up, the mythical city of gold that's been brought up, and the Eliminator are somehow all tied together. My big question is: is this just is this just part of the backstory, or is this going to be where our final zone leads? There's no way it's the final zone. Come on now. Why would they? Why would they make the final zone something that they would show us at all? Oh no 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 no! I'm saying like, does this lead to what the final zone is? Like, is this okay. story going to go off the rails where we show up thinking Journey of Discovery, Rite of Succession, Summer Vacation Jungle, oh, and okay, we stay okay. there the whole time? Or is Summer Vacation Jungle done by level eighty-five, and before you know it, it's like crazy techno empire? ancient prophecies we get wrapped up in yeah yeah i mean that makes sense but i actually think that's even going to be done by 85 then we're going to go yeah, to mars where, where do you think we'd go <laughs> to mars <laughs> yeah let's go to mars now <laughs> you know anything they're showing us is just bait for like a quick flip to another story completely is there going to be like a, a tural elon musk Oh gosh! This, this that, techno the, dungeons just a Tesla factory. The, the, everyone's underpaid and abused. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe that could be it. And we're freeing these people who are. Oh my. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> we're trying to save the everyone from the horrible corruption of capitalism. This is what happens when you let me be unscripted. Weird, weird theories and free association. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I think this is good. It does seem pretty obvious that we're going to something that's really hardcore technological and all this other stuff. Technological. Yeah. A lot of technology, ancient technology. Uh, do you think the Alligans are involved? Are we done with the Alligans? Are we still working with them? I can't say with any confidence either way so i'm just going to shit post that we're done with the alagons until they show back up from space okay so not the space alligans maybe if they no if they, okay maybe we'll get that little Al ship. Al alag was never alag was never into purple okay who was in the purple not like this who's it um maha maha right right Cause we we did maybe that. this is where Maha escaped the flood too. Okay, all right, all right. Well, but I'm, even that's a joke. Well, here's we haven't really messed with them too much since uh, Heaven's Word, have we? Nope. Okay. The alliance. We haven't touched. We haven't touched the. We haven't touched it. Oh. But I feel like I feel like the same the same people who would have been very on board with like oh we mentioned Maricidia a couple of times we mentioned the void a couple of times so obviously seven is going to be like the merging of the void and and Maricidia and there's going to be a huge void sent war and like the people who would theorize along that line I could see them a a absolutely being like oh this is the the remnants of Mahach. And then we're gonna we're gonna dive deep down into that, and then that's gonna lead to you know Wings of the Goddess, War of the Magi. We're gonna go back in time to the fifth. fifth oh, we're gonna do time era, travel again for fifth astral era. <laughs> you know, think about it. We've done time travel a decent bit in this game, haven't we? We've done it for Alexander. We kind of had some weird time stuff with Shadowbringers. 
then I guess we could just jump back into it now. We did we have time travel for yeah, we did for Endwalker too. Um, did yeah, we did, did we have it for Sh Stormblood? I don't think we had it for Stormblood, did we? No. Okay, so that's the no. only expansion um, that has escaped time travel somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you could you could argue that o o Omega is kind of a a, a time space warping entity, but other than that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no. I time travel is a very contentious subject with me because I'm of the opinion that it always costs more than you get back. Yeah. When it comes to like the the lore and story and world setting, like the the tax you have to pay is extraordinary. <laughs> um, in terms of like yeah. what it means to have a timeline, what it means to have a world, what it means for how many dimensions there are. It's just, it's always such a huge tax on the world setting that I hate ever using it. Yeah. And I was very, very impressed with Alexander because it was like bootstrap paradox here. It's all resolved. It was always this way. I was like, great, cool. Mm -hmm. And then they completely used another form of it in Shadowbringers, where you like kind of fork into it, like graft a new timeline. So it's not like infinite timelines, but you've grafted one on to another one. And I'm like, completely different rules. What have you done? But everyone was like, let it go. It's fine. We like the Y-shaped timeline. We like multiple dimensions. Everything's great. I'm like, no, after Alexander, it's actually really bad. It needs to be like bootstraps. And then Endwalker comes along and goes, surprise, it's all inside of a larger bootstrap paradox. And everyone is like, no. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so I am just, I'm done with time travel for now. Okay, okay. Please no more, please. Let's just dig up old robots and the current timeline. Uh, that it, works. You know, we can we can do Wings of the Goddess War of the Magi on two conditions. It's a bootstrap paradox and like hot goth female Emmett Selk is on the Mahachi Coven. That's still my tax. That's still okay. my goal. Okay, I mean, that, we'd pay it, right? Uh, I, I'm sure we'd all be happy with... Uh... <sighs> we'd be happy with that. Yeah. You know, so, so uh, I guess on all of this, we're, we're going in lots of different directions. There's so much. It's a huge box of just unknown that we're trying to unknown. dig through. It's look at the scraps and try to understand what's going on. Um, yep. We've went through kind of a weird experience as people who uh, followed the story for Final Fantasy XIV. With this most recent expansion, we wrapped up the big... You know what? I, have no, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Are you happy with the way that they technically wrapped up that whole arc? Which arc? The main one that ended in Endwalker. Endwalker? The Endwalker, yeah, the last one. Right? If that whole... You know, like, it took me some time to come to terms with it, I think, is is the is the way I would describe it. It wasn't really rooted in a sense of like or dislike. It really came down to coming to terms with, because I think okay. there were a lot of different pieces and we were wrapping them all up in different ways. And it took me time to really accept them as a package deal where you have where, you know, like they all come bundled together in the same package, even though it's kind of 50 different conclusions to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and there were some things that I was really happy about. I was really happy that they sidelined Xenos for a lot of it. Um, I thought like some guy who just really wants to fight the warrior of light makes for a really bad final chapter boss because mm -hmm. I love Xenos. Don't get me wrong. I love Xenos as a character, 
but just one guy who really wants to fight this guy who was nice to you one time isn't great fodder for a meaningful story about like what it means to be the symbol of hope in a world that there's a lot of struggle in whereas mm -hmm. literally fighting despair did that was great yeah um and then you have kind of the flip side of that where the tax is that that whole villain kind of come has to come out of left field like we thought we were going to be dealing with the Asians and the sound on the other side of the planet and it ended up being the bird girl off on the other end of the galaxy <laughs> yeah. if you think about final fantasy tradition the actual real boss coming out of nowhere 95 percent of the way through the game is very on brand so okay. i came to terms with that pretty easy um mm -hmm. I was upset they didn't include Midgard Zimmer mm. in the end. So having like Xenos Shinryu in was like, it was weird. Okay. But in context of the way it manifested in my stream, it was okay. Because I had made okay. some, some jokes along the way that made it seem very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So you're, you're yeah, fine, I think content. I think I've come okay. to terms with it. Okay. Yeah. I've come to terms with it. I think I can find a way to be happy with everything. I think there were a couple of missed opportunities, but I understand that they they were forced into including a lot of stuff by the way they've done the setup back when they had no exit strategy. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't they they didn't have a blank slate to work with when crafting this exit. Mm -hmm. And I understand that in order to actually make a satisfying exit, that they had to have some sacrifices in there. And I think they I think they played a bad hand really well. Is what okay. I will say. I think Ishikawa played a bad hand really well. Nice, nice. How do you feel about? Uh, is it? Uh, I think the news came out that she's not going to be working on the next expansion, right? Yep. Okay. Do uh, I? Are you asking if I have feelings about that one? Yeah. Do you have feelings about that? Yeah. I was mixed, actually. Like, I I don't want to turn Ishikawa into what Uematsu was for years, where anyone who's not them is wrong, right? Like, mm. just because she did really, just because she did like a really great job for two expansions, doesn't mean that she's the end all, be all, goddess of all writing, and that right. any, anyone who's not her is wrong. And I would say that I even had there are a couple of things about Ishikawa's writing that I think um, over time have made things a little less stable and a little more predictable at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've really come to learn the Ishikawa flavor. And that change might do us good, where we see like some some new ideas, some new flavor. So I think okay. like giving new writers a chance is always a great decision. And that she'll be overseeing them anyways. She won't let them go too crazy. Well, I mean, I, I still want to see faces being melted and like, you know, elephant mothers turning into monsters, scaring their children into monsters as well. You know, I kind of I want to <laughs> see that. So I would be really sad if the direction that was being taken in that regard is gone. <laughs> so uh, that was some of my favorite parts of it is that it just got dark and, you you know, it felt like there was weight to what was happening. Right. Um, yeah. And so I I definitely liked her as a main writer, and I hope that her influence at least carries a little bit going forward. Because I, I really have don't want... I have no doubt that it will. Okay. Yeah. I I don't want to have. Uh... She's always been there. Like mm -hmm. when it comes to the writing, she's always been there. Um, she wrote some of the scenes or some of the arcs right away in 2.0, mm -hmm. and I think like if you were someone who was playing 1.0 and felt kind of a different 
distribution of story weights when you walked into coil it definitely felt like a different flavor but i think mm -hmm. if you if you picked up on that difference in flavor in coil you could feel it in shadowbringers and endwalker you could feel that same presence it was someone who was willing to make bold changes and bold decisions and really kind of go against what you expected and go against what there was precedent for because they really believed they could do something cool with it. I think I think she was very brave with some of the stuff that she made because my first reaction to it was always, that doesn't fit, what? <laughs> but later I'd be like, no, nah, she was right, it's cool. <laughs> right, right. So um, I have no doubt that the, the positive reception that she's consistently gotten for a lot of those story arcs will mean that they will not discount her influence, especially if she's going to be overseeing kind of what I call the long game. Mm -hmm. So if we've got other people coming in and expressing their ideas in the short game while she plays the long game, I think we'll still be okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the other thing, man, God, Inwalker gave us so much to talk about, to be honest with you. And we're just going to... It really did. The whole point of this segment where I'm talking to you is just to kind of like scratch the surface of a lot of this stuff. And then maybe we'll come back and do some heavy digging into some of these topics later. Um, okay. Because I think the Inwalker deserves a pretty good overview. I think the Alliance Ray <laughs> that we recently had <laughs> kind of deserves a lot of talk, but we could go with just a little bit for now. Uh, how did you kind of feel about the Alliance Raid after it finished up recently? A lot better than expected, actually. I felt yeah. pretty good about it. How yeah. we found out um, what the gods were and everything else. I I had a big fear about the twelve. Um, I had a long running shit post about the twelve. Uh, and I I recognized that they had a uh, difficult position that they were in with the 12. And I think mm -hmm. those three things combined in that raid in a way where I didn't get what I was afraid of. They validated my shit post <laughs> and they managed to avoid the really unfortunate position they were in as writers. And I think sticking the landing really just kind of makes it count for a win. So is it is it perfect? No, it was a rocky road. It was a weird road. The 12 were supposed to be with us from the beginning and they were absent for most of the game. But mm -hmm. they, they wrapped it up good. I liked it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange. And they added this little cute element, the the Opa Opa, I think, right? To kind of like bring it all back and somehow convince the gods that they don't want to leave. It's just, it feels a little silly to me. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, appreciated that. Uh, but when yep. I saw Reje I was just Rejects like, Godhood returned to monkey. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, so, uh, I, it was interesting. The 12 is all, they've always been there and I'm glad they found some way to just kind of wrap it all up here within this expansion too. Um, they, they also, and again, they, they finished all a whole bunch of the main Endwalker story content up and then they went into the 13th and they were like, well, just let's have a, a mid expansion story focused just on the 13th. To me... Pretty much. I, I felt so before, I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah. before all of this and the expansion, everything else, the 13th felt like an expansion worth of story, like something that you would tackle in a big over huge arc of things and everything else. It didn't feel like something you put in like a few patches between an expansion to give some filler on the way to another story. Uh, how do you feel about how they approached the story with the 13th so far? 
I feel like it was a, like from my perspective, from my experience, it was very much colored by the expectations I had based on the, the comments the developers made. Okay. So I, I got the sense before the Void story started mm -hmm. that they were saying 6.0 is going to go out with a big bang and then 6.0 is going to be over. 7.0 is going to come in with a big bang and 7.0 will go on from there. And now we've got this middle area where there's going to be an isolated journey that has no buildup, no, you know, emotional investment years, you know. Um, so I was expecting, oh, they're probably just going to do something they didn't have a place for elsewhere, and it'll be really cool. It'll probably be super extra. And then in walks Golbez on the void moon, and I'm like, yeah, that's about what I expected. <laughs> right. Oh. I, I called I their moon. Like... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I felt like it could have, to me, I, I would actually agree with Fusion X on this one. I think he may have been a little saltier than me about it, but I would agree <laughs> with the general vibe that it felt like someone had an idea for a trial series and then it was developed into a, actually, I think we could make this a main story for a bit. So it was a lot like 2.0 where our, our, our MSQ and our trial series were in, intertwined. And I think if you wanted to, you could see some parallels there as we build up right. to our new journey. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this, the uh, main story quest recently has been, the Scions, they broke up, but we're still buddies. Yeah. All right? <laughs> we're still friends. We're not going anywhere. We've scared, we thought, you, you almost lost us. Ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's go do some, let's go adventuring. Come on, buddy. They they need they need an excuse for us to not be communicating very well when we get contacted to go to our two different groups. Okay. Like, do you see any? They said that we're going to be divided. Do you see any yep. twinge of like, oh, people aren't getting along too well right now? Maybe they're not going to do well in a group and they're going to split apart. Is there any evidence of that at all right now? I don't think if there was, it would be permanent. So I think mm -hmm. I would be willing to go up to 50%. I'm thinking maybe 20%, but I'd be willing to go up to 50% rivalry. Okay, okay. So I, if, if, uh, if Ishikawa were still the main writer, I would stick to my guns at 25%. Okay. Because um, I, I did an interview with Ishikawa a long time ago in the Stormblood era. And she was walking me through her story creation process and the way she like really gets into the, the characters' heads. And she was like, well, I, I, part of my job is then to put them in really difficult situations. And then I worry for them and I get upset. I get anxiety. <laughs> and I, so like, I think that might limit how much of a rivalry she might put on them. But if okay. someone else is under under her tutelage, and writing it, I think she could. I, I think they could very well create a temporary sense of us having different perspectives and being in competi competition for a mutually exclusive resource. Mm -hmm. And so, since they're coming from one perspective and we're coming from another perspective, and we're both going after the same thing, that would build frustration between two groups because you feel like your way of seeing things isn't being respected. And you mm -hmm. can't understand why they would be making the decisions they're making. And I think you could have some temporary resentment build up. I think you could have some temporary anger with each other build up. But I think it'll be resolved by the end. You think the twins are going to split up? <laughs> I, 
I don't know. When they do that again, they just learn to get along. Yeah, I don't know. We'll but see. they, I could see them. I could see them doing it again because I mean they're the they're the red oni blue oni blue oni trope. Mm -hmm. So right, right, right. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the the entire thing. Now that I'm starting to think about it even a little bit more, like it started off with like, uh, Estinian being like, "Let's go, let's go get some treasure," you know? Yeah. And they were like, "Oh shit, we just found out that there's a dragon that's stuck on the th <laughs> the 13th. That's really important to this guy. That's really important to us. Maybe we should go do something about it." Right? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I had this. I had this moment where I was trying to summarize 6.1 to 6.4 on stream before we did 6.5. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just a, just a simple journey. Getting back to our roots, simple adventure. We're just going to go on a treasure hunt. And then I'm listing everything that happened since then. And I'm like, this is the exact opposite of all of those goals. Yeah. Yeah. We did uh, not get back to our roots. We did not stop interdimensional travel. It's <laughs> We did not stop messing with dragons and alagons and Athens. And <laughs> Uh, and the voice scent. Oh my gosh, it was uh, all right. I, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of interesting that they they took this this direction here. I mean, I wanted to know more about the thirteenth, and we all want to know about thirteenth. But I feel like still it's still split up a little bit, isn't there? This is where I'm gonna get a lot of heat. Isn't there like a kid that's trying to get back and save his friend or something in the thirteenth too? <laughs> that's like kind of shows up every once in a while. We'll, just, we're like, uh, let's talk about it. And wasn't there like this this dog? You know, that was like. <laughs> um, my my sense on the whole thing was that. Let's go all the way back to 2009. They're starting to build the foundations of the game. OK, OK. OK. Mm -hmm. The void is supposed to be a mysterious, unknowable place of horrors that will never be explored probably unless we go like full dynamis from 11 mm -hmm. um aorzia blames everything they don't understand on being from the void real hit and miss you know sometimes mm -hmm. they're declaring natural things void scent sometimes they're de they're describing void scent as natural things very hit and miss but mm -hmm. it's it's overall an unknowable place mm -hmm. and then crystal tower happens and we see part of it and it's like okay well it's mostly an unknowable place where there's no objects no aether no nothing it's just a totally empty void but this place is where you know zande fed a whole bunch of stuff to it so you get to see like a cool other side of the mm -hmm. other side of the thing and then 3.4 comes along and it's like actually actually the void is one of the shards Mm -hmm. And that redefines everything. And yeah. now they start seeing they start seeing the thirteenth through the lens of the first. And this is where I think one of the Ishikawa era boldness moments comes in, where her and Yoshida are able to get on the same page and bring Oda and get on the same page of actually, since the thirteenth and the first have a weird cosmic balance, we need to drastically change our understanding of the void. Mm-hmm. So as they design Sin Eaters, they're redesigning Void Sun. As they okay. design what happened to the Empty, they're redesigning what happened to the Void. And I feel like this story brought them into harmony in a way that we never would have seen with more cautious writers. So it was, there were some growing pains along the way. 
Mm-hmm. But I think that we're there now where we've built a foundation. But like you said, I don't think that's over. Okay. I think this is the foundation of something that comes later. But I got the sense from the NPC dialogue that it's not immediate. It's not imminent. The NPC dialogue seemed to be the writers going, so, hey, we noticed that we touched on the void in like five different stories. And one of them requires you to level all of your roles to 80. And now we don't really know how to get around that because we need all of these characters to be like we we accidentally said all of these very important warrior of light level characters are in all these different storylines, but we need them all to be together in one place to continue this story. So we're going to get back to you when we figure that out. Okay. That's what it felt like to me. Um, Yeah, because I keep thinking about it. It's like we've touched it a handful of times. It's the deepest we've ever dove into, I think, the void recently, right? Um, oh yeah oh yeah so we found out a lot of information about it but it's still ongoing they're they're in the position of like how do we fix the void right that's kind of where we left it off and then the source or no no, the first they're like how do we fix the first right and so we have the light trying to be fixed (laughs) and then the uh the void trying to be fixed the 13th trying to be fixed uh we have garlemon trying to be fixed we have a lot of stuff that's just sitting there and it's just kind of waiting to be fixed. And we could easily go back at any point and make it part of one of the threads that we move forward with. Um, so it it really does. I mean, we wrapped up like some stuff with the primals, I guess, and with Heidelin and Zodiac in a way. Uh, but those concepts can still carry on to other things, I guess. Not not that exact story, but concepts from it, I guess we could carry carry on. Yeah. Uh, but there's still so many open threads out there. It doesn't feel like a lot of stuff is like really complete. I guess <laughs> for me, I'm like a. Go ahead. I try to make everything. I try to make everything feel realistic and, or, and organic in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make a weird comparison. Okay. Think back, think back to the original the original ending of Star Wars where you throw one guy down a chute and it's like the empire's just over, right? Mhm. That's not that's not how it works in the real world. There's someone waiting to step into the power vacuum and you can either explore that re- that real possibility or you could never explore that real possibility. Um so let's take that idea back to say the primals. If we just never talk about primals again, then we have picked a sensible spot to start telling the story of primals and stop telling the story of primals. And maybe there's more to it and maybe there's not. But like you said, that thread is still kind of open because if this was the real world, there are so many people out there who know primals exist and a little bit about how they come to exist that someone, someone's going to try to keep it going. Someone's going to try to harness this power in some other way mm-hmm. to recreate the ability to do this. Okay. So at any point, they could come back into the story and go, by the way, chapter two, new primal. <laughs> Neo-primals, which we kind of for... had a little bit. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You. I mean, we've got artificial echo We've got primal merging. There could be a whole group of primal power rangers who like summon them, summon them into themselves and like go crazy. And yeah. yeah, it could be, they could do whatever they wanted. But for now I choose to see it as just 
maybe it's not clean, but we have a sensible place for the story to start and stop as a narrative. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So the other part of this uh, that I kind of wanted to talk about uh, is... I don't... I, I was going to bring up the, the legs, but I'm like, man, maybe not. Maybe we'll just leave it alone. I mean, it's it's fairly obvious what they're doing. To me, it looks like human legs completely, but apparently if you zoom in enough, it looks a little furry. Like, Does like it? there's fur on it. Yeah, or hair on it or something. Really? that. Rec- oh, yeah. Go look at it. That's really? what I've been told. I haven't actually oh, zoomed in because I just didn't want to look at toes and legs as much. But that is what I have been informed of <laughs> so uh there's some level of hair on on the legs I'm trying to figure out where tell me where the hair on the legs are is it like on the sides is it like the side of the thigh uh I think i'm looking at the front i'm looking at the front view that's my problem mm-hmm on the, the thigh. Yeah, I I deliberately did not look too hard at the legs. <laughs> you tried the Here you go. On. I'm seeing a couple pictures here and there. I All guess right. we'll see. So if we, oh yeah, if we look at the if we look at the side, there's I guess we would call them details. Mhm. There's some details on the side that in the low or the limited resolution look kind of like hair or kind of like burn scars but i'm going to say hair maybe yeah okay. i can see it though there's like on this on the if you look at a profile view the side of the thighs you have like a flesh color and then some details that do resemble hair okay okay but if let's let's go back to like our logic of the world um, mm-hmm. there's just a, a, a lot of difference between the races. They're all kind of the same species, but a huge difference between the races. Mm-hmm. So thigh hair could be a trait of any, you know? True, true. Yeah, it could be just a trait of a, <laughs> the someone from that region. Yeah. Could be do, you, do you think there's a chance they won't do female Hrothgar and they'll go in a different direction? No. <laughs> okay. I... It's like no. the ah, man. It would be one. Well, of, let me, go ahead. Just out of sheer curiosity, after out of sheer curiosity, I'm looking up the skin texture of the male Hrothgar. Okay. Yeah, I mean they they, they did a lot to keep the human leg muscular thigh structure, so I could easily see this being the introduction of female Hrothgar easily, okay. easily, easily, easily. But I don't. It's weird because Yoshida's very pro invest resources in whatever's going to be used more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also he's very customer satisfaction minded. He's also very public relations minded. And I think the long term impacts of delaying just female Hrothgar, in spite of how often they may or not may not be used as characters by the fan base, I think it would cause an unjustifiable distraction because if he didn't add them now he'd be getting questions at every press thing from the end of time hey where's where's female hrothgar can we get an update on female hrothgar why do you hate female hrothgar well, what's with female with, hrothgar uh, it's with blitzball so 
Yeah, it gets that with Blitzball already. We we should keep, we should keep it isolated to Blitzball. We need to keep as few distractions as possible so we can keep hammering it on Blitzball until he finally caves. <laughs> until he caves and puts it in there. Uh, I mean, we're, no, we're going can, to, an, we're going to an area that is ocean. Like we're going, we're in a boat. Yeah. We're going somewhere. Yeah. It's like an island. There's probably Blitzball. Who who knows? You know, there could be I respect... Blitzball on a beach. beach. I respect his one defense. I respect his one defense is that there I, there have been five opportunities to add Blitzball so far. I've seen one in every expansion. And the defense that Yoshida has for the reason it hasn't been added is they've been trying, but they can't figure out a way to implement it in the existing game where it's actually fun to play. They made Lords and of Verminion. They don't need to care about these things if they're implementing things like Lords of Verminion. I it's... think that's I think that's why. I think that's why. I think they see how much Lords Lord of Verminion costs and how how often people do it and they're like, we do not want this poor return on investment again. <laughs> they could just stop Lords of Verminion. I don't know why <laughs> they could just say, Alright guys, we get it. We get it, it's done. We figured it I'm out. A... I'm a positivity minded guy. Like for all I know in, you know, five years, they're going to figure out how to turn like Lord of Verminion into, into like Dota two. And it's going to be the only thing we all log in to do. <laughs> you know, so what they could do is they could kill the current iteration of Lords of Verminion. Stop trying to do Starcraft, right? Stop trying to do Starcraft or RTS with it. Turn it into literally just a dumbed down simple version of a tactics game and then you're done you know that's it, it, it everyone would play it. i was i was shocked that they never implemented a turn-based i don't know why they don't have a tactics version mini game within the game it it fits perfectly it, people complain about latency and everything else but it won't matter because it's turn-based yeah. right and so this stuff would make right. so much sense uh and they're all they're all little sprite looking things anyway yeah it's perfect. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked there's no turn-based thing in this game just because like it would be such a good shit post <laughs> to have a turn-based Final Fantasy inside of your online Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh All right. Anyways, we're crazy tangent about <laughs> Blitzball here. Uh, we always <laughs> you what how would you feel if like <laughs> They come up at JP FanFest and the trailer extends and it zooms out and you just see this leg coming up and it's kicking up and then your <laughs> ball comes and hits it then magic sparkles around it, it explodes in the energy and shoots at something and we find out caster blitzball player. <laughs> <laughs> the magic infused version of blitzball has been oh implemented. Oh my god. That would be I, fantastic. I have I have been drawn. You know what's weird is I actually really liked a lot of the weird Final Fantasy X jobs. I liked the Blitzball player. I loved Riku's like chemist thief monk thing going on. Mm -hmm. I loved all of it. I have I have been won over to the logical side of Green Mage for the time being. I don't know I if mean, we're gonna call it that. Is it because of the clover? Partly because of the clover, partly because Yoshida confirmed that the shirt was a reference to it. Some people have made some compelling arguments for He's confirmed for why that it's a shirt uh, a reference to Green Mage? No, he confirmed that the, the shirt was a reference to a caster. It, it wasn't it was... a reference into Viper that was like green, I guess, and dual blade, so it was like I believe art. if 
again, I'm human. I make mistakes sometimes. But okay. if I remember correctly, <laughs> okay. he made a passing reference to um, we have one more job to announce, which you'll remember was hinted at in my shirt previously in Las Vegas. I think he said something about that. I think. My brain okay. is glitchy. I can barely say the right noun hey, half dude, the time. It's okay. It's all right. You're here with Glitch Master Frosty. Uh, <laughs> so don't worry about it, man. Uh, okay. We are getting confirm confirmation saying... Uh, chat chat remembers the same thing. So okay. if... At least I'm at least I'm not like crazy for it being in my mind. Maybe Worst case, it was a shared delusion. Mm, mm. There's lots of those chat chat has not, lots of not unknown in this community there's some times like when i'm doing like party finder and they all think i did something wrong and like i don't understand how they even came up with it but they just get into this shared delusion you know uh but anyways the uh it will be interesting to see if they go forward with the green mage i think that would make people happy viper can it kind of came out of nowhere to me viper's awesome you like viper you're, you're on board with viper I do. I do. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot, which is weird because I just switched to Reaper <laughs> for my for my melee. I haven't played like heavy Reaper yet uh, outside of doing some stuff in Eureka Orthos. Um, so I'm actually excited for finally trying out Reaper more than I am excited for Viper coming out in the expansion. Do it. Yeah, do I, it. I will do no, it. I will do it. But viper is viper is very much an accidental personal love like i okay i was i was supposed to be a thief and yoshi was like you can't be a thief <laughs> well i gave you ninja and i was right? kind of upset i was kind of upset well here's the thing i no disrespect towards ninja i think the final fantasy 14 incarnation of ninja is awesome if you want to play ninja but if you were someone who really liked rogue Putting mm. on ninja when you wanted to be rogue feels wrong. It feels like leaving, like, they did a great job bridge, bridging, okay, here's, you know, how um, Lominson Thieves would have fought. Here's how ninja fights. Here's how we can bridge. Here's how we can bridge Eorzea to Doma. Mm. So if you want to be it, if you want to be a ninja, that path is so satisfying. If you want to be a ninja. I love dual wield, but I didn't want to be a ninja. I just wanted to dual wield. So when okay. I saw the two swords come out, I was like, yes. And then when I saw him using like the the Cal Kestis mm. lightsaber kind of thing where you put them together <laughs> yeah. and you take them apart. I was like, yes. Yeah, it's like analog Darth Maul. So it's like all of all of my dreams in terms of being able to be a dual wielder with short blades, but not necessarily go the ninja path. I'm happy mm. about it. I want to see that. Was there any hint or anything that would have told us that Viper was going to be a job that you know about, at least? If they did, I missed it. Because <laughs> it really felt like out of nowhere uh, to me. It does. I think we were I think we were all expecting something more explicitly pirate-themed, especially with his yeah. Orlando Bloom haircut. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just like starts coming out swinging and dual-wielding. We're like, well, we got a dual-wielder. But I guess they're like, it's not what, it, this is what Moose wants. So let's just make the thing that Moose was really <laughs> upset about not having. Which, 
So that means our our next that means the limited the limited job is going to be Beastmaster, and then we're going to get a, a a split off from Archer, where instead of going to like the musical bow harp, you're going to go to like the ranger, big big great bow mage will yeah, come back. Bow. bow mage will come. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get something we'll get something. Those are the those are the moose jobs, and we'll get like a chemist in there somehow. Okay, okay. I do think it, I mean. They could literally do whatever, man. Like, after Viper came out, I'm like, I have no clue what they'll do. All right, I think Green Mage would be a fan service thing that will bring people in. Beastmaster, I think, is a lot something that people have been expecting for a while. So they had their thing there, like, just as out of fucking nowhere, right? That's what that's what uh, Viper was. Now they'll start doing the fan service stuff of Green Mage and Beastmaster, I think. I think fan for, I think fan service started started ramping up in in Shadowbringers and it really is going to hit full steam from here on out. Yeah. I cuz I mean again Yoshida in in Heaven's Word wouldn't let you be a thief because he thought that like being a thief didn't vibe well with being the hero. And now he's letting you like summon a void scent into your body as an assassin <laughs> that worked for Garlemald and go to the void. So I think I think we've hit full let's give the people what they want. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me too. Because I think I remember that reasoning. Long man, it's been so long. Holy crap. Moose, how long have you been playing Could this I game again? Forever. <laughs> forever. Okay. Quite quite literally forever. I yeah. played um eleven, but I got into eleven kinda late. Mm -hmm. And I jumped I straight up retired eleven and started fourteen on day one. Like I was at the store picking up my collector's edition at midnight, day one. Um so ready to go for for fourteen. So uh Wait a minute! You said you were you were doing that for eleven or for fourteen? Sorry. For four or for eleven, I bought it when it came out, but I couldn't figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> Classic. Screen. I had a really hard time. I really had a I had really because I was like 12, 13 years old, and I couldn't figure out how to like install it, pay for it, and log into it all all at the same time. So it actually sat on my shelf for a couple of years. Wow. Until a friend of mine, until a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, I play it," and I'm like, "Oh, I tried. I couldn't figure out how." They're like, "I'll set it up for you." Um, so yeah, that, I got into it pretty late. I, I think I got into it as they were releasing Wings of the Goddess. Okay. So pretty late, and then I I decided I was going to hang it all up and start 14 on day one. Okay. Okay. How do you uh, feel about the new alliance and then bringing in Eleven into the world of Final Fantasy XIV? Excited and terrified in equal yeah. measure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean, they kind of did that recently with Ivalice, right? Uh, recently. I'm hoping it goes yeah. the same path. Yeah? I'm hoping it goes the same path. Um, when fourteen came out and it was really trying to establish its identity... A lot of people were trying to connect it to other games. They were trying to say like, oh, you know, this proves that it's connected to this. Uh, this proves that it's connected to that. Uh, 11 is another shard. It's connected to Ivalice through this. Dissidia, um, mm -hmm. whatever. And I think when, when it was really important for 14 to stand on its own as its own product, Yoshida was very, no, no. 
this is an isolated universe. It's a theme park where we can have anything from Final Fantasy history, yes. But you cannot bring it into 14 unless it can stand alone in 14. You have to reinvent it so it can stand alone in 14. And when we had an interview at PAX one time, I asked him, so you announced that Ivalice is coming. Are you really, are you, are, are you going to like compromise on this rule? And he's like, well, I wouldn't compromise on the rule, but Masna-san's a god. And <laughs> if God says that we're changing it, then we're changing it. <laughs> So he, it sounded like he, he kind of gave Matsunasan the, the freedom to decide how this really all fits together. And to my relief, Matsunasan chose to smash Ivalice into a million pieces and rebuild it inside of 14, upside mm. down even. I thought he did a fantastic job. It is a very, there's so much text and it's so convoluted and confusing. But that's... Mm. That's Final Fantasy twelve. That's Final Fantasy Tactics. Like that's part of the fun of it. So I thought right. I loved Evilies. Um and I think I think I'd love for them to do the same thing here with Eleven. It's to smash it smash what we know into a million pieces and rebuild it into something that stands alone but really gives us that sense of nostalgia. But I have a fear that it might not, because we already had that that event a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And usually the events are kind of in-character greeting cards from one team to another, but sometimes they use it as, as like a foundation. So I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. This might down the walls. So I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't do that event. I have been a, I have two or three Christmas quests unfinished in my, uh, my quest log. I have one I'm, I'm I have pretty bad. I'm pretty bad about it. Uh, uh, usually, when that when that came out, I was most of the my time playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I played it and I said, "All right, I'm going to do this content because I have time for this content." And when they did the eleven crossover, it wasn't something that was like I have time for it. Right? It's like yeah. I can I can make a sacrifice. I never and played there. eleven. It's okay. Uh, do you remember the eleven event very well, or? Not in details that someone who loves Eleven would be proud of me for. <laughs> okay, okay. I so, remember that the, the character from Rhapsodies came over and there was a cute little tie-in to the Rhapsodies. Okay. Uh, and you think there's a chance that maybe that laid some level of foundation for what we'll see in the Alliance, maybe? If the writer that's assigned to it does a string search in the data and is like, oh, here's the stuff we said before when it was when it was Rhapsodies in Chatoto or Shantoto and is like, um, yeah, let's continue that. Let's build off of that. Then, yeah, I could see it happening. But I, I could also see a very confident Yoshida being like, yeah, we had our chance to break the rules and we didn't like build it in 14. OK, okay. well, I mean, it's funny because I get 50 50. There's nothing in the name. There's nothing in there that, you know, suggests that they are going to be set on one part of Eleven, right? It's a very broad name for the Alliance. The, the closest thing you can see as a commitment is the Tavnasian safehold, which they could easily rebuild here. Because I think you see Tavnasia in the background, that little characteristic arch from the opening cutscene of Eleven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, so if it could just be another Tavnasia. We got another Crystal Tower. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It feels, it does feel kind of weird to me. Uh, cause this, you know, when Nier came in, it was just like, this is a collab. This is kind of like just a thing, 
right, to do yep. and make it work. The 11th thing is kind of a collab. Myths of the Realm felt like, holy crap, I'm about to know a lot about 14, right? And I was excited for it. Same thing with the Void Arc, in a way, right? It was yep. there, There's a lot of stuff that you can really pull from that. So I do get a little bit sad to see that so much of that story content uh, that could be building upon Final Fantasy XIV is a collab instead of actually stuff like Myths of the Realm or uh, Void Art. Like I, like I said, I'm a glass half full kind of lore person, which is very, it's kind of weird because I'm very not a glass half full person otherwise in any other dominion. Mm -hmm. um, but here I'm, I try to be. And I choose to believe for the sake of how salty I will be if I'm wrong that they will find a way to turn Vanadiel into a region of maybe Tyrol, maybe something else, where it okay. feels at home here, but is a reference to there. I choose to believe for the time being. Okay. Okay. They did they did a good job with Ivalice. I think they could I think they could do it again. I think if you do I think if you do like Zadnor, you can forget that it's that it that it's from another game. Alright. That's fair. That's fair. And I, Near this... is harder to write off. <laughs> it's a little rough. I mean, it's just like, here, Yoko Taro, go have some fun, all right? Everyone loves Yoko Taro. Will, if you know Yoko Taro, where every story he does is kind of technically a standalone game, totally standalone experience, he just wanted to do what he wanted to do, and mm. that all of these supposed connections between them are just this conspiracy string, he's woven between everything that isn't really explaining anything that it's mm. all just madness that he does for fun to connect the worlds then you it's easier to forgive him like mm -hmm. you can write what happened on the first off as a totally standalone thing that just kind of hopped in out of nowhere and will never be explained and maybe you could tie it to these threads and maybe not mm -hmm. uh, that's all right that's all right we don't have to. Talk. We, we should just forget near happened in the game. Like when we have these lore discussions, we don't even have to talk about near. It's like not even important. Anything we say about it is just like okay, well, let's decide. That's the beautiful. That's the beautiful thing of the modular world of Yokotaro. You can they most if you look at the chart, like most of the games, even when they connect to each other, happen in an alternate timeline of the game they're a, a sequel to. So it's like you you get to build your own Yokotaro verse, and if you don't want to bring in that module, you don't have to on any of the games. Look at Drake and Guard too. Okay, now we're we just turn into a whole nother show if we go too deep into near. So we're gonna leave it alone. All right. <laughs> so, uh, what else about NA FanFest, EU FanFest, did we uh, did we not you know touch at least uh, go over a little bit? Do you have any thoughts that I missed? what haven't we touched on so like right now i would say we've got the basic structure of we know someone's going to drag us into a rite of succession there's going to be a mythical golden city there's going to be a, a contest we've got four areas we've seen so far some of what we've seen possibly hints at what the fifth and sixth areas might include and might not they look like the dungeons mm -hmm. um we touched on we touched on the possibility of the black and purple wasteland we touched on the eliminator we touched on echoes of vanadiel i'd say the only two things that we maybe haven't touched on are um where the big bird fits into all of this big um, bird remind valley me Gar valley garmanda um it's it's if you look at the did you see the big cg poster 
Uh, I, I will. If, yeah, it just because I'm blanking for some reason on on the bird. That's okay. I should I should have a couple shots of it here somewhere. Yeah, here I got one. Okay. They might hear this first one coming in. Oh, okay. Yeah, it clicked. Sorry, sorry. And yeah, yeah. Key art coming in. I see. Okay. So this this seems like it's going to be a big part of the uh, right of succession journey of exploration story, especially because it's like right over the. Um, it looks like it's kind of like a symbol of the the uh, the current way of life, the symbol of the current government, the symbol of the current belief system. So it's entirely possible that this, like, say the mythical city of gold is connected to the bird and not the old ancient empire. That's a possibility, too. So where where the big bird fits into all this, mm -hmm. that I've got questions about. And anything else we might not have touched on, the tiny little detail that for some reason, they keep telling us two things. The Warrior of Light and the Scions are going to split up into two teams, and we don't know who's going to be on which team. And then there's a different slide that says, The Warrior of Light, Alphino, Alize, and Aaronville will. And that leads me to think, like, okay, so is that is that one of the two teams? <laughs> okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That... So we, we may have a hint about what one of the two teams is, or we may not. Wait a minute, so who was that again? It was who? Warrior of Light, uh -huh. Alphano, uh -huh. Alize, Aaronville. So it's possible that Thancred, Arianger, Estinian, and Kryle will be the other team. And if you think about it, those four make a great team. Yeah. That would suck for dungeons oh. if we have to split off and <laughs> our trust. Wouldn't it? <laughs> you know what would be really, you know, uh, why do you do this? You know what would be really fucking cool? <laughs> what? Imagine if you meet up outside of the dungeon and you actually, while you're for, while you, while the Warrior of Light, Alphino, Alize, and Aaronville are running the dungeon, you can see Estinian, Kryle, uh, Thancred, and Uriange also in the dungeon, like running alongside <laughs> of you or right. in the background. Like that would be so cool. They could do it. And it wouldn't be too hard to do either, right? I mean, you just say, no, it would be like mobs, just have them script it to move on the screen somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could really um, you could really mesh it together in a way where it feels like we're in a competition together if you script the dungeons and cutscenes properly. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. So what I'm what I'm doing real quick is I I'm looking at the press. Uh, I mean this is real real fast as well. The bird. Does anything spark with seeing that image? Like, oh, this is probably from this or this or that. Nope. Okay. You don't nope, think that think... maybe it's like the offspring of like a dragon and a bird, like you know, Midgar Summer oh, saw it... Phoenix and had some fun or something like that. No. I mean when you when you look at the art, you see the characteristic um I don't know how I would describe them, kind of like the it almost looks like a chain sword shape that comes off of the tails. And that, that chain sword mm. shape combined with the the way the tails branch off from each other like you said very characteristic of the phoenix mm -hmm. the way the wing the wings uh, are flying out at the end very characteristic of the phoenix but also you have uh, also the face very characteristic of the phoenix 
Yeah. And then you look at kind of the way the scales come down, the way the body shape is, the body plan is very much, like you said, a dragon, like very draconic, very mm -hmm. much like the, um, the celestial dragons. And that could be meaningful or it could be a design choice. I have no idea. I look at it and I have no idea what to expect. Oh, especially when we hop over to the, if we look, it looks a little less like the body plan we know when we look at the CG art. But it still has those same traits, the phoenix-like tails, the dragon-like body. Mm -hmm. um, and when I see it, I think it could be meaningful. Or it could be that they just know how to build these things and use these assets. And someone's been looking at Mesoamerican traditions on Wikipedia. Fair. Fair. I, I think that's what, like, because if you look at the pyramid in the, the black and purple section, it very much looks like a... Uh, it looks like a dungeon, like a lead up into the final boss, kind of. It looks like a path through a dungeon. But it also reminds me very much of the uh, complex of the Pyramid of the Sun a little bit. So I think they're like really looking at Mesoamerican structures when they build everything. And mm -hmm. when I look at the Big Bird, I, I see maybe they're looking at old art of you know Quetzalcoatl and all of those. Or maybe they're going to tie it into something we know. I have no idea. Nothing really sparks for me. Okay. Uh, the thing in the artwork, the, that orb in the background, yep. it kind of has like little lines coming out of it. Is that electricity or is that like electricity orb or what is that? Is that the side? I have no idea. That's like I think it, could, like, it looks like it's in the background, but it also looks like it could be just like forming in front of it as an attack. But it mm. also looks like it's in the background. Yeah. Um, but if you think about like, like um sky serpents in like old animism lore they are often storm related so it's like mm -hmm. okay i think i think a lot of people are, are are going to assume that it's quetzalcoatl related even though we've already used that name oh yeah so they couldn't use that name if they wanted to they would just put a all they gotta do is change like an i Does that to name an exist? e or I an e to an i what I should have, hold on, mythology. I really should have looked this up beforehand. Is there a Valley Garmanda in like real world mythology? Oh, here, what is this? What is this? Hold on. Wow. <laughs> I just I'm saw like the looking... screen light up and you went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm on Wikipedia. Nice. I'm looking up, uh, Looking up mythologies of of um, the indigenous people of peoples of the Americas. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Maybe we'll but, dive. Yeah, no, could, we could dive deeper on that. I should have looked, looked up that. I should have looked okay. up that name earlier. Definitely. No, it's okay. Not at all. Like again, this is kind of just a rough, just going through different thoughts from everything since it's been a bit and a lot has happened. Um. Yep. I am looking at the press site, and, you know, they have a handful of screenshots that exist from the trailer, you know, uh, a couple of things that are important, like the forging of the two blades to make one, flashing around a whole bunch, you know, your ranger, your Anjay holding a pineapple, the nutkin. Google Readaville. What, what was the, what was the... Why did they just say, hey, we want to throw a nutkin in the extended trailer for EU? Were they like, just we need another cute thing to happen? Let me check if, hold on, let me check if my memory is right. 
Okay. I I I, I want to make sure I'm not going to say something too stupid. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm here to so, balance it out. Let's look at the nutkin. <laughs> He's holding a peanut. Uh No, I don't know. Hold on, chipmunk. <laughs> Ch chipmunk origins. <laughs> chipmunk origins. Is that what we are in the show? <laughs> Chip chipmunks are uh, fossils document the evolutionary history in Western North America. So, <laughs> okay, I could see them. I could see them being like looking at what things came from the new world and mm. they're like all right we got to make sure we have some tapers we got to make sure we have some photos we got to make <laughs> sure we have like tomatoes we have to make sure we have chipmunks and then uh -huh. someone was like nutkins and then everyone was like nutkins <laughs> so that's my theory is that they're just cute and they're from the north america okay fair i mean that's simple enough right Oh, yeah. And then Sinian was fighting the. What beast was he fighting again? He was fighting the, a huge beast. Oh God, the... I never remember. I remember. I never remember the name of the the bipedal alligator. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've seen those before. Yeah, we've seen a lot of this. Maybe before. not one that big. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty huge. So well, I mean, I... like, I'm curious if that's really gonna be what it is, or if they just sent the the cutscene team that art. Like, you know, we've had a couple weird hiccups in the art over the years, so we... I don't know. There. there was one thing. What was it? No, never mind. I was going to bring up something about the... Uh, I don't know if it was the Inwalker trailer or something of that nature, but, like, Estinian and, like, a ton of, like, dragon things or something. I'm trying to remember the significance of it, but there was something that was the, just off the about The big one was in... The big one that was off in Heavensward was that all of the dragons attacking Ishgard were based on uh, Hrazvelger instead of Nidog. Oh. Right, right, right. That one was a long time ago, man. Yeah, they've been really good about the details lately, so I don't want to suggest that anything could be an error or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like, let's go to the Shadowbringers trailer, where one of the Sin Eaters really did look like the Karibu statue, but they clearly picked the Karibu and the, the Winged Lion because they had those lying around from Amdeport. And it really makes me salty that they still haven't explained that. <laughs> Well, they just wanted to look cool, right? I mean, the the, the purpose of this trailer uh, is to get people to play the game. To buy if the you game, were an right? art designer, if you were an art designer and you searched holy horror, mm -hmm. you would find those like Babylonian era weird guardians of heaven, both when you were looking for something that could be the opposite of demonic void scent, so something Amdeport would carve, or mm -hmm. something that would be the opposite of void scent in terms of what a Sin Eater might be. So mm -hmm. the, you, the, ind the independent discovery of that artistic research would lead you to the same place both times. So mm -hmm. it's like... I just, I, I literally just the fact that they haven't explained the common thread in the game despite using the same model both times. Mm -hmm. It's just, come on, give me a lampshade. A little bit, yeah. Don't make me look directly into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you feel like as someone who, uh, as someone who carries on with the lore community and discusses a lot of this stuff all the time, that you you guys are eating pretty well right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even I with think... a fresh start with everything. 
I think the only benefit the old lore mongers have right now is that we've established our patterns for how we think about and research things. Otherwise, it's a level playing field. When it comes to analyzing and predicting what's coming, I'd say this moose guy is pretty irrelevant. <laughs> I hope not. I don't think so. Uh, I would disagree. His time heavily. is passed. No, not at all. We man. have our we have our infrastructure for we have our infrastructure for how to study the game and our experience of how to study the game. Uh -huh. But I think if anybody was to join the game tomorrow mm -hmm. and just pick up and say, look, I'm going to buy. Yeah, I, I will go even further. I will say that someone could watch Tokyo Fan Fest mm -hmm. and buy a jump potion and a story skip potion. <laughs> And go to the okay. new world and stand half a chance of being as good of a lore monger as us. Really? Just going by that. Yes, I think we're starting over on so much that our, our old knowledge is going to be of pretty limited value. Okay, alright. Well, I mean, that is not something we're used to at all. Because at all. No, they... we're, we're used to needing people like me to explain what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, especially me. Um, but I mean, this means that like a lot of people getting into this, is it going to feel like just a fresh MMO storyline almost like going into this uh, with just a couple of characters you might be familiar with just for fun, but not really that important that you know too much about it? It's tough to say because I've, I've known since Dormblood that Yoshida had a lot of anxiety towards resolving Hydaelyn and Zodiac because he was afraid people would see it as the end of 14. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think 7.0 is going to hit us hard in a way that says this feels like Final Fantasy 14 and this has nothing to do with Hydaelyn and Zodiac. And I think he really wants to just hammer that over and over and over. So whatever it is that makes it not feel like a new MMO, I feel like there's going to be some component of that. But I feel like effectively, yeah, we're, we're starting a brand new game. It's just not time to switch MMOs yet. You know, that is actually uh, fairly interesting to talk about. Um, I mean, they called it Inwalker for the expansion, yep. so that didn't do it any, any good. But a lot Bra of people... Brave name for someone who has that anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But yeah, going through all of that and finishing up that storyline that we're all familiar with, uh, do you think there are people who are just going to be disinterested or find this as like the part, the place to get off the boat? And right, the just go off and do something else now? I actually think there's been a very fortuitous... How would I call it? I would just call it a lucky break. I would call it a lucky break that some factors came together how they did. Because I think if the core audience of who was playing every day right now was the people who played 1.0 and 2.0, yeah, there might be a lot of people who looked at Endwalker and said, you know what, I finished my journey, I've got other stuff to do in my life, maybe this is where I start getting less interested in it. And even mm -hmm. I've, I've had that pull sometimes of like, okay, we've wrapped up all the stuff I was heavily invested in for years, I'm not going to stop playing, but maybe mm -hmm. I'm not going to be you know, staying up till five in the morning researching one NPC. So I stand a 7% instead of a 5% chance of guessing where we're going. Maybe I'm just <laughs> going to enjoy the ride from now on. Um, but I actually don't think that's the case with the majority of current people who are playing every day. I mm -hmm. think 
the quality of Shadowbringers and the quality of Endwalker, and the fact that these two very high-quality experiences came out during the pandemic led to a massive influx of new characters who weren't even playing back True. then. And I think it's I think it's those people who came in very late into the game and have these wonderful experiences but felt like latecomers. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at Dawn Trail and going, this is it. This is me getting to be there on day one of the new journey. I get to be there for the beginning of the new saga. And I think it's those people who are going to carry the game to the next conclusion. And there'll be people like me who are here for all of them, sure. But I think that they will offset the effect of people leaving because of Endwalker being that closure moment. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about it, you know, just coming in. Uh, during Shadowbringers and just coming in during that. It's been four years almost. I mean, I guess it's been... Yeah, yeah, it's been four time years. Yeah, it's been a very long time <laughs> in, in terms of, like, existing on this planet to be able to take off and go in a different direction. Um, I mean, I'm going to be here. I know a lot of people are still going to be here. A lot of people still play the game. There's been a ton of talk about people getting kind of bored or tired or whatever else. Um, and, but I, they are definitely taking this in a direction to where this is a fresh, well, I, I wish they would push harder on the fresh new start instead of, Hey, we're going for a vacation with our friends. I, 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 I will comment adventure. on that after Tokyo. You don't think so? After Tokyo, we're going to have a different. No, I'm, I will, I will comment on that after Tokyo. Okay. All right. There's yeah. a, ch there's a chance that like I, right now I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And part of me is just thinking, what did they hold back? Mm -hmm. They held something back. You're talking a company. Like, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Let me do that. I, I'm going to say that I could be do. I could be doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, could be. I could be setting my hopes way too high for right. no real defensible reason. But let's be conspiracy minded for a moment. Mm -hmm. You've got the, ex the expansion that Yoshida feels really pressured to sell. Mm -hmm. You've got the third fan fest, the big, the big, big selling of buying this product. So you had the revelation of where we're going in Las Vegas. You had the fleshing out of what we can expect in, in, in Europe. And I expect the one left hook of what you didn't expect hitting in Tokyo because it's one, they really need to sell it Two, It's their last fan fest and three Tokyo Dome. Like they're going to be at the Tokyo Dome. And this is just such an opportunity to right on their home turf, land that last hook and mm -hmm. really get us excited for it. And I, I can't see how Yoshida doesn't know that. So my conspiracy minded is what are they holding back? Ah. Maybe I'm expecting too much. I, well, I don't want to like walk away from Tokyo Fan Fest. Like that was it. I kind of, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. But I kind of expected, you know, but I mean, it makes sense, uh, and you're right. After Tokyo Fan Fest, they have a six months, all right, six months, and then the game is out. Uh, it's a and rough estimate. Uh, so they have to keep us interested for the next six months. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of patch release. They're going to have the six five five stuff that's going to come out, um, but they're not going to have tons and tons of new content happening. Uh, to keep people engaged so they have to keep the interest there and just have people ready to come back when summer hits um yep 
And so I am interested to see what they're going to bring with Tokyo. And there's going to be a lot of stuff we can talk about. You know what's funny? So now that I'm, I'm trying to go back and relive that whole Shadowbringers experience. You know, mm -hmm. the entire time when building up to Shadowbringers, we were just like, our head hurts. Somebody's trying to talk to us. People are just falling unconscious and just crazy things were happening. Um, and then they just throw you right into it. Right, they just like at the start of Shadowbringers. Uh, I mean, you're confused. We're we don't, we don't really know what's going on, and just bam, there you go. All the answers are there within the first five to ten minutes, at least with the direction and what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and so, um, I'm wondering if they're gonna. We don't. I guess we're, we don't have that same situation happening here. We have a pretty firm idea about where we're going in some regard. Um, and what we can kind of expect. Um, so, I don't know. It, I've just never been in this position before with Final Fantasy, right? I've never been in a part if where I... we haven't had, like, the, you know, a year of build-up to go to the expansion through patches and stories related right. to it. So, it's so, it feels weird. If, uh, if I were the marketing team... Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say the marketing team. If I were just like the collective will of the development team, mm -hmm. um, I feel like they've communicated very well that there was going to be some downtime, that this was going to be drawn out. Um, I think they, I think they communicated very well that they got very crunched during Endwalker, and it was a very difficult time, and the pandemic, and. Mm -hmm that they want to get back to their summer release schedule. They want to get back to their original roadmap. They want to get back to a comfortable place. So you've got this simultaneous desire to get back to a summer normal roadmap and recover from what's going on. I feel like this was a an era where, where things were less hyped and exciting on purpose, where they were a little more drawn out on purpose. This was kind of a, not a break, but a managing of expectations through this era. And I think if I were the marketing team or the people who are trying to control the hype around this, I would just embrace that. Like, I would have something, again, I would have something be really unexpected during Tokyo to get everybody like, oh, this is not, I did not see this part coming. Mm -hmm. Now I want to get to this. I want to get to whatever's going on in the middle and later half of the game. And then we got 6.55 around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then that can hit us on the other side. Oh, I'm really excited to start this journey. I'm really excited to get from here to there. And then, you know, from January to June, July, wherever they decide to release it, um, maybe you play another game. <laughs> maybe you just live your life. Don't do maybe that. You're going to trigger so many go, people. <laughs> go outside, catch up, catch up on your Steam backlog. And then one day, one day a trailer hits. Mm. And you see that bridge between the beginning of the journey and the middle of the journey. And you think, I cannot wait to sail in on that boat and figure out what the hell's going on. I want to go mm. on this journey of discovery. And I think like that's all they need to do. They need to build the hype for leaving. And they need the, to build the hype for getting to the ending. So that when we see that first trailer, we think that we want to tear into that middle journey with our, uh, our claws and teeth and really just pull it apart. And I think if they can pull that off the lull will be forgotten. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in a position to where uh, a handful of players uh, might feel this way too, where you're not 
I'm not like super excited about the story yet. I, there's some stuff that's like, ah, oh, it looks cool. I'm wondering what they could do. You might right now, over I've got these, an open mind. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, there's there's some stuff, and you might convince me otherwise. So you somehow you make things fifty thousand times more interesting than I are. You make me more interested in it <laughs> than I ever have been. Just talking to you about some of this stuff. Um, but a lot of it, you know, after dealing with world or universe ending birds at the, you know, edge of all existence of everything, right? Uh, you, you go into summer vacation just feels it. I understand the point of wanting to do that, but it just feels weird. But I guess you have to have kind of a reset at some point. Uh, because how so much further can we even go than how far we have gone, right? I'm I'm sending. You don't have to put it up on on the sure. screen, but I'm sending you. I'm sending you a reference image. <laughs> of the, the the old Vince McMahon meme yeah. where he slowly gets more hyped. Um, I would say so far, the first two fan fests have got me the first two levels of the Vince McMahon hype meme. Okay. And and I really I'm really gunning for him for Tokyo and then release to to put me those other two levels. So I'm not like foaming at the mouth excited yet either. I'm very much just hmm, yeah. Right. Good. I see what you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see what Tokyo does. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this has been fun. We've almost been talking for a couple hours here. Uh, and I, you know, if we get together more often and stuff like that, uh, it could be an hour, it could be you know, 30 minutes. I'll be around. Be... <laughs> yeah, you'll be around. Okay. Whatever. Right. I'll be around. So this is what I'd like to propose to anyone who's actually listened all this way through this episode and is interested in this kind of content and this stuff being on this channel and everything else. If you want to see more of this kind of conversation about lore and story and things that we're seeing, tell us what you want to see. Post it in the YouTube comments. Even if you're in Twitch today, just go go to the YouTube channel and be like, I watched this. This is what I want to see, you know? Uh, and put that stuff in there. And then if we have some pretty good suggestions, maybe I'll be like, hey, Moose, look at this for a little bit. Just spend like a couple minutes looking into this topic in particular. And let's just uh, let's just talk about it. Let's get together and talk about it. I think it would be yeah. uh, a lot of fun to do it. And again, I stand from a high level of ignorance of someone who experiences the story when they see it, but don't doesn't ever dive deeply. And I forget a lot of things. Uh, Moose stands farly on the other. I would say pretty far on the other side in some regards. You forget things too. We're we're old, I guess, right? Yep. Uh, but... I've only got so only so many things get directly encoded into the brain meats. Everything else I got to look up in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so when I have these kind of conversations, it reinvigorates me for the game. It reinvests me in the story. The characters have more weight to them. All of this stuff starts to seem way more important just because I get a little bit more context that just passed me. Right. Or I have forgotten or something. And these kind of conversations, I appreciate a lot. Uh, so, Moose, thank you for agreeing to come on. And, uh, you know, Thanks for having me. maybe having even more of these in the future. Who knows? Um, maybe we'll do one next yeah, Friday. Uh, 
if the gen if the general audience likes having me around i'll come back if it's only a few smattering of people they can come over to my side of the world i'll uh, there's room yeah. there's room over there they can what? hang out on Tell they can me. hang out there for a couple hours every now and then I, I want people to know where they can find you for every little piece the i have your twitter on the screen i you know half the time i forget if you're actively streaming or not because we have conversations and you're like we're in we're in a weird place where like at first, I was only going to stream new content because people wanted to see live reactions to new content. And I was like, all right, all right. I bought all the screaming, or streaming stuff for Gillionaire. We can do the live. We could do the live content stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, OK, well, maybe we can do this. Maybe we could do that. And we've experimented with a few things. And we're going to we're going to try doing things here and there. I'm like, I'm like starting my first non Final Fantasy 14 stream literally tomorrow. Wow. Um, but we we usually just stream the new content as far okay. as streaming goes most of the time we're just hanging out in the discord talking about whatever the lore topic is that day okay. okay you know some some weird tweet hits twitter some new announcement comes out some new trailer comes out and we'll we'll talk about that someone will be just diving into something one day and we'll accidentally start talking about that so it's a lot of again i'm just a presence i'm not i'm not out there creating a lot i'm just present okay <laughs> did i type your name incorrectly a N W A N W Y L L. I got it backwards. Don't follow that one person. W Y L L, right? A mule. There yes. we go. There we go. I got it. I got it. They need they need to change the character limit so I can change it to Musa for Loring Star. Yeah, just be really low. <laughs> yeah. Go go check go check Moose out. Uh he's absolutely amazing. One of my favorite people to have on the show ever. I don't think I've uh, oh, high praise. Thank you. Not, 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 like, it's high praise that you come on the show. I, I still remember the days when I, I had people come on and the comments were like, you don't deserve to have these people on your show. And I was like, wow. All right. What? Yeah. As yeah. someone who goes on, as someone who goes on shows, you are so good at facilitating conversations and hurting topics and keeping people talking and just, you're so good at flow that well, really no one should ever question who you have on you could wrangle anybody i can i can keep things going and keep a conversation moving not always on topic but it goes you know <laughs> we talk. i see it as a i see it as like a um i see you as kind of like a, the, the dungeon master where it's like you don't have a plot a or plot points that climb in perfect order your your party is taking you in random directions but there's still a general map and we're gonna get there mm -hmm. you've got you've got that good dm sense thanks you know i thought about doing dming at some point then i realized i have not 40 hours a week to dedicate to something like that so. <laughs> dming is a lot more work than you think it's you it's so much it's like creating a video game without the programming part right yeah uh geez all right well please and on twitter anonymous xiv that's on the screen as well uh, i'll put the the socials of course in the youtube video when we get this uploaded um and the uh what was the other part here you said where, where can people can find you in like a discord too can't they are you yeah, are you spread out I mean, in not... multiple discords? <laughs> well, it's I used to be spread out in multiple discords and then 
a lot of the lore chats and those got kind of quieter as we started wrapping everything up. And then I started streaming my thing around the same time. So I do have a discord. I think I you have, a link, for have it? a link for it somewhere. Probably. I'm nowhere near important enough to have one of those, those snazzy custom partner <laughs> URLs. No one is anymore. I think they took do away you, partners. Do you want me to, do you want me to DM it to yeah, you or do you want me to just throw it in the chat myself? I mean, if you put it in yeah. chat, it might, it might, I can't, I don't know if it will time sure. you out or not. Uh, but I'll put it in here, and then that will let me save it for uh, later for the YouTube video, too. So I'll put it in a YouTube video as well. And that way, if people want to well, actively reach out to you, they can. Right. Yeah, this is literally just like my my Discord is literally just a place where we organize where to do the next stream, where people bully me into doing content I haven't done yet. I do whatever people want. That's really what it comes down to. Um, most of the time, it's just a place where if you have a question about the story or something you want to talk about, wander in and say so. Yeah. All right. Well, please do that, guys. Moose is fantastic, and I'm hoping to twist Moose's arm as many times as I can to come on and just talk about random stuff every week involving lore. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, Hey, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. We will not have a mock talk tomorrow. Uh, but we have like three or four shows scheduled next week. So we're going to go through all of that, planning all that stuff out. Uh, we, I might have a alt channel stream soon. So if you guys are into discord, I'll just put it in there uh, and play some horror games or something just off to the side. Um, the uh, criterion race is coming up soon. So that's a whole nother topic for us to talk about if we really wanted to moose is the variant dungeon that's coming up is a whole nother thing of story. Hey, that'll give me an excuse to learn more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been taking my time. I've been going really slow. When I get asked about things, I'm like, oh, I gotta go learn. Yeah. Uh, and I, this is a great opportunity to do it. So uh, we'll have that race. We, we have that going on uh, on Server Up Tuesday morning. Uh, and we also have Top Raid happening Sunday night. Uh, which we're close into clearing. We're very close. Uh, we're on the last phase, and we'll see if we can uh, push through on Sunday. If not, we have a few more nights of that, too. You got this. Uh, why'd I agree? I, I've been trying since March, man. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I've been going very but casually, I mean, like, I've but... Seen... I've seen people who have no raid experience sit down and try an ultimate and eventually realize like, this is just a Mario party game. It's really just getting eight people to do it perfectly. You just got to do the dance. Uh, anybody can do it eventually. It's just, yeah. Can you, can you stay can, long enough for that endurance. eventuality? Endurance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. But uh, again, Moose, you've been fantastic. Thanks for coming on again. I uh, really Honored appreciate it. Honored to be invited. It. And we will be back later. Guys, ha I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the stream after this too. You can hang for a moment while I do a host or raid over to somebody. Uh, we'll play a little bit of music uh, before then. But thanks for all you know watching this and uh, hanging with us because this is a lot of fun. Oh, I I'm so Always. happy to get into more talks and do this more often. Um, Same. All right. Now... Gotta wave and say goodbye too. Ready? All right. Bye, guys. See you later.